0: Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. SWRC.com gives you access to one of the nation's largest collections of prophecy-related materials, books, and DVDs with new items being added almost every day. Resources from Mark Hitchcock, Billy Crone, Ed Heinson, Noah Hutchings, Tom Horn, Larry Spargimino, and many, many more swrc.com. That's swrc.com. I'm sure that if you have been a Bible believer for any extended period of time, And if you have memorized even a moderate amount of Scripture, you have found that some verses hold deeper meaning for you than others. It could be that you have found that they have a personal application to you, or that the richness of the truth they hold is too much to ignore. Some passages truly carry us to the heights, even, it seems, at times into the very throne room of God. I've found myself meditating on Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 recently. They would not leave my mind, and maybe that's because the Lord wants me to share them with you here and now. It can be dangerous to single out a short passage and laser focus on it, but we'll take that risk for now, at least at the outset. I want to mention I am not a pastor but an ordinary layman with a message I think needs to be shared today. Here are those two verses. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Before looking at the actual verses, I'm reminded of something a preacher said a long time ago. Whenever you see a therefore in scripture, be sure to find out what it is there for. The fourth word in verse one is, therefore, so. We could easily point to the whole book of Romans up to this point, but let's limit ourselves to just the previous chapter and the latter part of it. We find the apostle Paul is pouring out his heart of love and passion for his people, the Jews, who are in unbelief. He goes so far as to say in chapter 11, verse 28, that they are the enemies of God. And to those who have trusted jesus as savior strong words enemies yes but still loved by god enough to have paul pouring out his heart with a message for them he reminds his readers that they are no different in that not that long before they didn't believe the message but had since then obtained mercy And if his readers were faithful to the work God is calling them to do, that mercy will be expanded further to include those who hear the message. Again, here is something that is obvious, too obvious. Mercy is available to all who trust the Lord. They first had to be declared lost in their unbelief before that mercy would be revealed. The analogy is similar to the concept that you're in a strange town and looking for a landmark but not having success. It isn't until you accept the fact that you are lost and ask for directions that your situation is likely to change. Here is where God's wisdom and knowledge kicks in. When we ask of him, not only will he give us the directions we need, but we may often find there is something else he had in mind for us to experience now that we are where we didn't expect to be. Now, back to where we started. Paul is begging his readers, therefore, because of God's mercies, to do something worthwhile. Those mercies are carefully remembered all the way back in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 to 23. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We carry no innate good that God should sit up and take notice of us. We are sinners who do not deserve his mercies, yet he loved us. We get a new day to serve Him again and again, even though He would be vindicated if He wiped us off the face of the earth. Those mercies of His are the propellant for us to serve Him day in and day out. Of course, we have responsibilities to our families, to our boss, our country, our church, but the primary responsibility that overrides all others is to serve Him. How? wholeheartedly throughout the old testament starting from the time of the preparation to leave egypt not as slaves but as free people led by moses who was led by god the hebrew children took a lamb an innocent lamb who had done no wrong do you remember the way we think of a lamb gentle We're talking about an animal that lived in the home of the Jewish family for several days, being examined to be sure it had no blemish. During that time, it virtually became a family pet. Still small, rambunctious and playful, but adorable in so many ways. Surely the children enjoyed every moment with it. That lamb had no idea what was in store for it. Probably the children didn't either. It was living a life that was borrowed. That sweet, playful lamb would soon be slain as a sacrifice. It would take the place of that family in God's sight as it would die for their sins rather than they. For hundreds more years, countless more lambs would die for the same reason. They lived their lives as a sacrifice, awaiting the day they would fulfill that very important purpose. Now, Paul is begging his readers to be like those innocent lambs. He is asking us not to be a slain blood sacrifice, but one that is alive and active in service to the Lord to accomplish a task that is ours alone. Task is the wrong word. It's an honor, an opportunity. It is a reasonable service we are asked to do for him. To do it, however, requires an unusual trait. We are expected to be holy. The lamb, in an incomplete way, foreshadowed Jesus as he died on the cross. But Jesus was holy, sinless. We can't get to that level of perfection as humans. But by God's mercy, by confession of our sins on a consistent basis, we can be acceptable in God's sight. We can. We can be the needed witness to those around us. We can tell the message that will change lives from heading to hell to having a reserved place in heaven. It is not something beyond our ability. Far from it. It is something God says is acceptable and reasonable service to him. Reasonable within our abilities. Not too hard, even for those who are shy. Reasonable. So you ask, How can I do that? It will take more than spare time and pocket change, but it can be done with a bit of focus to God's will in our lives. Verse two spells it out. In the 21st century, we're so wrapped up in so many things that occupy our day, we may have lost sight of what is important. We have become just like those around us. We look the same, talk the same, without the profanity, I hope. We dress the same go to the same places, and do not stand out in any serious way to separate ourselves from them. Oh, yeah, we may go to church on Sunday when they go to the golf course or the vacation home for the weekend. But other than that, there's not much difference. Shame on us. We're limiting ourselves to those two verses as we think in the beacon's light this time but there is still a bit to be mined from the gold that is there. It is becoming more and more obvious that something is not normal in this time in history. I'm not referring to pandemics or the national reaction to them. We are seeing a moral loosening that is unprecedented. There was a time when an evangelist or hellfire preacher would at least be able to get us stirred up over the future day when Satan would rule the world through the Antichrist. His word pictures would make no doubt in our minds that there was coming a future day when the wickedness that would engulf the world would be so great that the mind couldn't grasp it. Friend, we are not in the tribulation yet, and that evangelist would almost be silenced when seeing how his preaching has already come true. How close is the day of the Lord's return? Not a small portion of the problem lies at our feet, fellow believer, because we have fallen into the trap of Romans 12:2. We have conformed to the world and not been transformed to God's will in our lives. How do we do that? It's deceptively simple. Priorities. We need to realign them. We have to start thinking God's thoughts, reading his word, praying for his leading in our lives to keep us looking to how we can serve him, not our own desires. Paul started by beseeching his readers, begging, pleading on his hands and knees, imploring us in the short time we have to use it to make an eternal difference, to be transformed from what we are to what God needs us to be before it is too late forever. Our lame ideas of what we consider important do not come close. To what will meet his needs when our minds are renewed to think the way he does. We all know someone whose life has made a difference for others. They may be in our church, national or international personalities. They may not even be Christians, but they have been singled out for unselfishly doing something that has not only met a need for many, but has made them a role model we can point to for our children to emulate in some way. When our minds are changed from the inside out to think God's thoughts and do God's will, it is then that our lives will reflect what makes a difference that progresses from good things to the next step up. Acceptable things, but they aren't even good enough. We are being begged to take it to the top. Do what is the perfect will of God. Is that possible in this life? I don't know. But it is a goal. A goal has to be set somewhere. If it's too low, it's worthless. Any dead horse can lie on the ground. It's the one that is constantly in training that goes on to win the races. We're in a race. It is a race against time. Our lives will end someday. Our ability to serve the Lord will stop with our last breath. We can hope. Our testimony will live on beyond us and challenge others, even after we are in the grave. But that will only happen when we use our time now to be the living sacrifice, serving him reasonably without conforming to the world's standards, but with a rededicated mind, striving to do more for the Lord who loved us and gave himself for us. What will you do for him today? What will I? That depends on where our mind is focused. In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that When we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin.